You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Obehave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. You know, right now, I wish I could channel my inner Katy Perry and sing the lyrics from the powerful song, Roar. You know the words, and you're going to hear me roar louder, louder than a lion. But I'm going to save you from my singing. Instead, you're in for a very special treat that will be pure music to your ears. Our special guest is a wildlife DJ. Yeah, you heard me. Wildlife DJ. He's a one-of-a-kind musician and composer, and he is the host of the show Wild Beats on National Geographic Kids. Please join me in giving a harmonious welcome to the one, the only, Ben Murin. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you so much, Arden. It's great to be here. Are you glad I didn't sing like Katy Perry? Oh, I'm willing to entertain music of all kinds. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, who's also known as DJ Ecotone, is putting his talents to help wildlife all over the globe and much more. So we're going to learn all about it, but we got to take a commercial break. So stay in tune. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All day play and overnight camp, daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Music is the universal language. It's not only a language for us two-leggers, but for sentient beings, big and small, all over the globe, on land and in the water. And here to share what it's like to be a wildlife DJ, a very unique musician, and the TV host of Wild Beats on National Geographic Kids, is a very creative Ben Murin. I have been looking forward to having you on the show, Ben. Oh, thanks so much, Arden. It's really great to be on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today. You know, I love the motto posted on your website, traveling the world, making music from nature. And I also love your take that you kind of have nature meets beat box. So kind of explain that to our listeners. Of course. The combination of beatbox and animal sounds is, at its essence, just the desire to celebrate 
what makes vocalization so musical around the world. This is my bridge to nature. You know, I live in New York City, in the heart of Brooklyn, actually, and I've been here for about three years, and I've never felt quite as cut off from nature as I do now. But I must say that I've, I've fixed the situation by listening to a lot of different animal sounds on the internet at various sound libraries, and then starting to listen more carefully as I walk around the city. And you know, these animals are making music constantly, whether or not we pay attention. And I've just started to collect my own sounds, and now I'm working with the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and their Macaulay Sound Library to train as a field recordist. So I actually go out into these semi-rural or very rural ecosystems and record animal vocalizations, and then I sample them as a DJ and mix them with my voice. And explain a little bit about beatbox, because that's what I think really jazzes up these sounds that you're hearing from birds (laughs) and tigers and even, you know, humpback whales. Of course, beatboxing is music made entirely with your mouth. It is an expression of what comes to your mind. This is the fastest way I can create a musical idea is by just walking down the street and suddenly I hear something in the soundscape around me and it inspires me. <laughs> Those kind of sounds just come very naturally to me and I've been doing it. Wait a minute, stop, stop for a minute. I can just see you walking down. <laughs> you want me to rewind? In, no, no, no. In, in Central Park, there's one of those wacky guys. Honey, honey, stay oh. away, stay away. <laughs> And you oh, look no, so innocent. An amplifier and a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming our way. Run faster. <laughs> so when you were a kid, was your first word bebop and not daddy? Uh, well, when I was three, I got into birds. So my first words were probably bird related. And then when I was nine, I got into beatboxing. And this is before YouTube. This is before the internet was a, like a real thing for my generation. So I just did it by myself in the shower, uh, walking down the street. And I'm sure my parents thought I was totally weird. Where are you from? What's uh, what's your hometown? Outside of Boston. I, I grew up in Arlington, Massachusetts, or Arlington, as they say, and mm-hmm. uh, then moved down to D.C. for five years. And then high school was back in Massachusetts, and now I'm in New York. Okay. And so is there any other siblings in your family that also do the beatbox? You know, my little brother, Nick, he's a few years younger than I am, and he doesn't beatbox, but he totally can. It's kind of amazing. He has a natural ability to just make some of the same sounds that I do. Maybe it's genetics. I have no idea. Uh, Maybe it's simple (laughs) exposure. You know, just growing up with a noisy older sibling being like, ah, well, I guess I have to assimilate somehow. (laughs) But he, he doesn't do it actively the way I do. I've kind of immersed myself in the scene and have found my own path because of that immersion. But yeah, this is something that everybody can do because we all have the natural instrument. It's just your voice. Oh my gosh. I think you'd be a hoot to be around at a party because you can <laughs> play some tricks on people, right? You could make different sounds and everybody would be looking around, craning their necks. Well, you totally can. And that's actually an interesting point, Arden, because beatbox is, as a musical genre, taking off in its own subculture. But it's still perceived in some ways as a party trick. And believe me, I love being an ambassador for what I do. And I'm also kind of at this crossroads where my friends and I are all trying to take beatbox in a more artistic direction. And for me, the way to do that is to align it with the other thing that I love, which is nature. But some of the artists that I know and work with are just beatboxers, and they're doing some great stuff in the scene as well. I mean, I have serious radio on my car. Seriously, Ben? I would love to have your music on one of the channels. I think we should work on that. 
I would love to work on that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, because I'd be driving in a long rush hour or have to, I'd have to drive a lot from Dallas to San Diego. I teach pet first aid with a real dog and a real cat, and I'm a pet oh, behaviorist. Cool. So I'm on those long stretches on the road, and I can't have Casey drive for me. I would love to have your music jamming while I'm in the middle of nowhere, but surrounded by nature. That's so nice to hear. Thank you so much, Arden. And I, I would love to share the music because it takes people to another place. That's always the experience that I have because I now get to go to these places. You know, when I started out, I was just listening to sounds through the internet and getting transported to the jungle through my headphones. But now I'm actually going to these places. And it's just such a privilege for me to, through my own art form, I guess I should say, and my own style of of approach and as, as a teacher to connect people to that place and explain to them, if they want me to, what they're listening to. And if they just want to enjoy the music, that's cool. They just got to know that it comes from nature and that we should all tune in. So speaking of that, you teed it up perfectly, Ben. What I want to do is give our our listeners a little sampling, two of your sounds that I want to play. The first one, we're going to do about 30 seconds, and it's wildlife sounds captured from Madagascar, and they feature lemurs, birds, trees. And for me, the novice, I'm listening to this urgency in their tone and this high-pitchedness. Okay, guys, take a listen. Okay, Ben, this one, because this is also on your website on the Kids Nat Geo, the Wild Beats show. Tell us what's going on. What should we really be tuning our ears into with these lemurs, birds, and trees? Sure. We can actually listen to the full song on benmiran.com, and it's made with recordings from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology because... I have some exciting news. I'm actually going to Madagascar in September on my first self-organized expedition. I've been on a couple of expeditions with National Geographic and, and Cornell University, but this is the first one that I'm organizing myself, and I just couldn't wait. So I, I hit up Cornell. Their Macaulay Library sent me some of these sounds, and they're all lemurs and uh, a few birds. And what you're listening to is a combination of my beatboxing and then my voice as sort of the baseline. And I'm actually combining the sounds of my drums with the sounds of trees. So if you hear some lighter crunching sounds or some lighter bongo sounds, those are actually tree bark and tree leaves being crunched by my hand. So I just took a microphone around Prospect Park in Brooklyn and uh, (laughs) speaking of people wondering what what on earth I'm doing on the street and thinking I'm weird. You know, I took this microphone to Prospect Park and was just shaking trees for an hour and, you know, ignoring awkward stares from people passing by. But it provided me with a basis for telling a story about this relationship between trees and lemurs because, as you may know, Arden, a lot of the species of flora and fauna in Madagascar are endemic, meaning they live nowhere else on the planet, and they also are critically endangered. And if one goes, the other goes. You know, this is an island where species depend on each other for their survival, and trees need lemurs to disperse their seeds. Um, when they travel around the forest. And if the lemurs are gone, either because they're hunted or they're captured for an illegal pet trade, that means that the trees can't disseminate their seeds to other places, and they die off as well. So I thought about trying to capture that symbiotic relationship by working with actual tree sounds. And then the lemurs themselves are 
just so musical, as you can tell. And there's no auto-tune applied to those voices at all. It's just me listening to field recordings of lemurs. So and you're not pulling a Milli Vanilli on, on our listeners, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. I would never do that. That's the whole point, is that this is animal sound, just in its natural form. And if you go, I think, in the middle of that piece of music, you can kind of hear it starts off with an ambient sound, an ambient soundscape, and then you hear individual ringtail lemurs coming into the mix, those kind of clarinet-type sounds, and then the beatboxing drums come in behind that, that kind of riff. But what's really cool about that is that all those individual notes of the ringtail are just plucked from moments in the soundscape. And I take them and put them on individual pads, and my instrument becomes essentially a series of drum pads, each of which makes a different lemur sound. So I can play them like an instrument. Now, you said you've been to Madagascar before, but this time, how long are you going to be back when you're getting to do this, your own tour? How long are you going to get to be there? Yeah, I've actually never been to Madagascar. This is a piece um, that I made with sounds from the Macaulay Library at Cornell. Oh, okay, Um, gotcha. And and I made it because I got the news that I was going to Madagascar and just couldn't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is sort of my first homage to a place that I'm dreaming of. And I'm going in September. I'll be there for five weeks, and I'm traveling to a few different rainforests to record the natural soundscape and also to record individual animal voices. And what's really exciting about this trip is I'll be working with local Malagasy musicians. That's musicians who live in Madagascar. I thought it was Madagascan, but it's Malagasy. And those well, don't worry. Are- I wouldn't be able to correct you on that, so I'm glad you could educate all of us. <laughs> sure. What I discovered is that these research stations where I'm going to be staying are staffed by musicians. There are local bands around, and we nice. have enough connections that I'll actually be composing music with them. And this is the best part about it for me is that I'm not just some foreign guy coming in saying, hey, check out this wacky thing that I do. It really is a genuine attempt to harmonize the voices of their natural heritage with their own forms of musical expression and to give them an anthem for their own place, an anthem for that natural heritage. It's really about creating something that that they can own along with me that helps celebrate what makes their individual rainforest so amazing. No, I think this is going to rock it. You're going to rock those lemurs. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey. well, there's always the question of what the lemurs themselves do when they hear the music, and that remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want them turning into hush puppies, do we? No, but, I mean, I've played a number of shows around New York uh, with local bird songs, you know, with the same risk of overlap, and I've found the birds respond in a mixture of ways. Sometimes they are like, hey, who's, who's singing my song? Yeah, this is yeah. my territory. <laughs> and then they come over and check it out. Other times, they're just fascinated. But I don't want to anthropomorphize too much. At the same time, I think, you know, it's important to kind of, just like the nature of the composition, leave it up to the animals to kind of guide you in how to, how to understand the music and how to respond to it, because they are the source of inspiration. Oh, yeah. You are the wing musician beneath my wings, right? Boy, that was terrible. (laughs) Hey, on that bad, sour note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Ew. 
get the stinky dog away from me. Bad breath and bad gas. PD stopped eating. All his hair fell out. Itching, licking, missing fur. At least $5,000 in vet bill. Creams, antibiotics, sprays. No results. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. The shedding is stopped and the itching is stopped. Her coat is not soft, it's silky, it's healthy and shiny and glossy. She's got life, she's got energy. Tons of energy, no more bad smell. Dynavite's the bomb. Dynavite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Amy Schumer. You're listening to Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio, where they keep it real and make everyone feel like they're pets. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore, and I'm having a heck of a time. I could even say hell of a time because this is a podcast with Ben. Oh, Mir- it just got real. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it got real, guys, with Ben Mirren. That's, you got to check out his website, guys. It's benmirren.com. That's M-I-R-I-N.com. And you also go to his link, uh, the Kids Wild Beats show he does on National Geographic Kids. And that website is kids.nationalgeographic.com or just Google search Wild Beats on National Geographic Kids. And you're going to be in for a big treat. The next Next thing I want us to play just for about 30 seconds, if you don't mind, because I'm fascinated by all this. And this is a show for your ears, so you're the perfect guest on our show. We're going to now head to the Sonoran Desert, and I want you all to listen to the sounds of cougars, bobcats, birds, coyotes, and the desert wind. I mean, talk about, this is like the Barry White sound, those macho sounds of predators. All right, let's take a sample. Okay, Ben, I'm all ready to go beat my chest. What's going on here? Tell us about this riff or this song that you did featuring these predators and birds in the desert wind. Sure, Arden. So it starts off with just the desert wind, and we're actually in the middle of the, the full song, which is posted on my website. But we're right in the middle of this breakdown where we transition out of the first section, which has more of a trap EDM feel, into um, just the desert wind by itself. And we hear coyotes, morning doves, California quail, 
and um, black-tailed prairie dog is that syncopated chipping sound. And then as the drums build up and we have that really loud bass come in, that's mm-hmm. made of three different things. My voice, <laughs> and then the voices of a mountain lion and a bobcat. And you'd think the mountain lion would be the most intense. It's actually the bobcat. All those hisses and the deep, like, bass sounds yeah. are from the bobcat. And, again, there's no auto-tune. There's no effects of any kind applied to that other than just EQing it to make sure it shines through the mix properly. It's amazing to be able to work with natural sound because, as a producer, you have to carve out individual spaces for each sound in your mix. But Evolution, mm-hmm. in this case, has already done that. Oh, You're yeah. listening to all the sounds from an ecosystem. And when animals get up in the morning and announce themselves, whether in a dawn chorus or as a bobcat or a mountain lion does, they're not having a shouting contest with one another. These songs are tuned to their own frequencies to occupy a specific place in the mix that reflects an interesting narrative, a fascinating narrative of sound as it pertains to landscape. The sounds of the desert bounce off the sand dunes and they create all these illusions. It's, it's an amazing place that you think is devoid of life. And yet, if you listen to it, it's just the most musical place I can imagine. It's, it's really incredible. And I, I really want to thank everybody for listening to this because I really appreciate the chance to share it with, with fellow audiophiles and people who enjoy music. So I just want to thank, thank everybody. Well, you also glug, 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 glug on your site. You go underwater to the Great Barrier Reef and people will get to listen to the humpback whales, the bottlenose dolphins. You got parrotfish, you got snappy turtles. They're all jamming out. Now, tell us a little bit about, you talked about the sand dunes, but what's happening to sound underwater? Oh, totally. Well, if, if you guys enjoyed this song, you got to go listen to the Humpback Whale number. Um, it's on my music page. And what's amazing about that is when you go underwater, sound travels four times faster and farther than it does in the air. And so that means that we're getting a much larger sample size of all these sounds from all around the ocean. We're hearing blue whales. We're hearing humpback whales. But we're also hearing sounds at the very bottom of the food chain. What's amazing about sound is that it really, I mean, imagine being hundreds of feet down light is not really penetrating very far into the ocean. So when you remove light from the equation, sound is a critical way for communicating among different types of organisms, both of the same species and across different species. So in the beginning of the track, you'll hear snapping shrimp, the number one source of sound in the ocean. These little shrimp that clap their claws really, really fast and hard, so hard that they actually create a capitation bubble of superheated plasma in between their claws. It's really unbelievable. And when that bubble collapses, it makes a type sound and you're hearing that thousands of times over it sounds like frying bacon and <laughs> now you got the only ones to, well exactly but that's exactly the effect that the sound has on other animals looking for food and for coral reefs you'll hear parrotfish and other types of uh, soldier fish and bacillus coming into the mix and what they're listening for when they're traveling around looking for a home is the sounds of snapping shrimp you know the young fish seek out a reef and they'll follow the sounds of the snapping shrimp. And then, of course, they make their own sounds. And sound travels all the way up and up the food chain until suddenly a dolphin or a whale will pick up that sound frequency and say, hey, I know where the dinner bell is ringing. And then they go to the reef. And so this is just, it's something that I could not have planned myself. It's just a beautiful result of evolution and the way that sound works. And 
being able to be a musician and to capture those sounds and to make music from them, I mean, that is just such a, a privilege. And I, I really hope people enjoy listening to it because I can't help but dance like a goon when I hear <laughs> these, uh, these riffs from Humpback Whales. I just love them so much. Well, I did my Snoopy dance when I was listening to it on your site. So, you know, <laughs> nice, And we nice. don't want to, hey, folks, we don't want a video of that. But trust me, I was jam on, jam on. Because you, you got it. Now, tell us a little bit about the show Wild Beats. And I, I know it says it's on National Geographic Kids, but the kid and all of us could really have a great time watching you. Yeah, I think that's really uh, the essence of it, Arden. Wild Beats is a series of music videos that travels around to five different unique ecosystems. We go to Borneo and the Southeast Asian rainforests. We go to the Great Barrier Reef. We go to the savannas of Africa. The Sonoran Desert is one of them. Uh, and we also have the American Farm, which is very endearing. You know, lots of sounds of cows and cats and sheep and, and that sort of thing. And again, all of the music that you're hearing is just natural. There's no auditing applied to it. It's essentially my first ever long-form project, an attempt at making music from various ecosystems. And I want to thank National Geographic and National Geographic Kids for putting a vote of confidence in my the work that I do, because it's really a privilege to be able to share my version of science education, my my version of edutainment. Right. I've heard that word thrown, thrown around in reference to what I do. I think it's appropriate, you know? There, there's, right. there's so much to learn as a composer, too. You know, when I sit down to make this music, I'm kind of a blank slate as well, because I don't want to have too many preconceptions of, like, what animals should sound like or what kind of music I want to make. I go to an ecosystem, and the animals give me the music. And I'm like, well, there's the song. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> so if you watch the show, and I highly encourage everybody to do so, it's also on YouTube, by the way, you'll see that I'm the host. And as DJ Ecotone, I'm bringing you to this place. And season one, we did a lot of stuff in the studio. But if we get season two, fingers crossed. Wait a minute, fingers, can... wings, fins, I don't know what else, are all crossed because, you know, yeah. move over Tarzan. We have DJ Ecotone, a.k.a. Ben Mirren. <laughs> Thanks so much. I really hope it works because um, these are essentially music videos and they're just a few minutes each, but they remix footage of wild animals. So they kind of move to the beat and you'll have the visuals of each species paired with the actual sounds in the mix. So it kind of reinforces what you're hearing and lets the animals do the talking. Yeah, and, and you're not a solo act because, as you mentioned before with your association with Cornell's lab, you're a resident at the Bronx Zoo. You're a fellow at the Safina Center. I mean, you help kids in the inner city learn about bird watching. Do you mm-hmm. sleep? I suppose so. But it doesn't really occur to me to do that. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I love, this doesn't feel like work, Arden. And right. when that's your job, it's the best thing you can possibly ask for. So I do sleep, but I'm so eager to get out of bed every day because if I'm not going birding, then I'm sitting down and making a mix out of animal sounds. I'm in a stage right now, I'm only 18 months into this new career. I left a job about two years ago and didn't know what I was going to do. And while I was applying to a couple of jobs and just, starting to do some freelance writing as a science journalist to kind of pay the bills. I started experimenting with sound as a new form of storytelling and a, and a way of really resolving this, this lifelong discrepancy between being a beatboxer and a birdwatcher. I was like, you know what? It's about time that I tried to figure out if I could ever combine these things. So it seems somewhat miraculous and also just so exciting to have actually like not just a popular form of expression, but an actual an actual job oh, making yeah. music out of animal sounds. And you know, I I now am supporting myself entirely. I have always supported myself entirely doing this. And it's just about being open to 
the directions that different people can bring you in for leveraging what you do and, and being able to tell more stories about conservation and the natural world and just what connects us to animals and wildlife. Because the more you connect to those things, I think the greater you can discover your own humanity. Oh, yeah. I mean, now you're associated or I, this thinkinganimalsunited.org. Tell me mm -hmm. your connection with them. But before you do, this is why I have you on the show, too. I like that their whole premise is they pledge and they want everyone to pledge to coexist with all sentient beings, treat them with respect, and protect them from all human-generated threats to their survival and well-being. And in your own way, you're part of that mission. Yeah. And I'm very proud to be part of it. And I, and I love working with Thinking Animals United. Doing that interview with them recently was a real privilege. And I think it's just, it's just another example, you know, of how doing what speaks to you and, and finding your own voice within a cause, be it conservation or anything else, then connects you with people who are, who know a lot more about the field than you do. You know, Bonnie Wiper has been doing this much longer than I have, and, and all of her staff have just been so incredibly helpful in helping me contextualize my ideas. Being able to kind of bring a new perspective as a musician, as a composer, as a science educator, really a, a performer and a teacher, and then put it in the context given to me by my mentors like that. And that especially applies also to the Safina Center, to the folks at Nat Geo, to the folks at the Wildlife Conservation Society, all these wonderful places with really brilliant people just helping me kind of realize my vision and how it can apply to different things that I care about. That's really been the, the biggest outcome for me so far, and I just can't wait to see what kind of other projects we can do. Now, I'm going to sound real old school, but just humor me. You can, it's all, good. All right, you can hear his music, guys, on his site, benmirren.com. You can see some samples on kids.nationalgeographic.com. Do you have any kind of way people can just, God, I'm going to say the word, like a CD or something that we can download on our our devices so that we could just be jamming with you? I am looking into that right now, Arden. I have a SoundCloud. It's currently DJ Ecotone, but you can search it um, on my website, benmirren.com. And right now I have primarily streaming services. Okay. Especially after this upcoming expedition to Madagascar, I'm really going to take a serious look at how to get my music into the hands of everyone, every demographic, every age range, every technological preference, because I get it. I know that some people prefer CDs. I mean, there are people even in my generation buying vinyl right now. So wow. I, I get it. This is about, you know, connecting people to nature, and that's the thing that is more important than my work. And yeah, so well, that's why I can support that, you know, I want to get it into the hands of other people. So I agree. for now, people should follow me on SoundCloud. I have a YouTube channel that I'm getting more serious about, Ben Mirren. All those things are going to have more music, but, you know, they require internet. So if you're looking to download things, just stay tuned and follow me, because my social media is going to be where I post updates about that. And we're definitely going to be following you. I mean, I'm serious about Sirius. Wouldn't that be a rock if you could get your own animal nature channel on Sirius Radio? I have no connections. I'm poor and famous. <laughs> but I'm putting it out to our listeners. Folks, if you have any way, take a listen to this guy. He's the real deal. Wouldn't it be great if we could just spread these sounds and help sentient beings all over the planet? I mean, I can't wait. I'm going to be in New York City in December. I would love to be walking in Central Park and all of a sudden hear this bee box and looking over and what? It's Ben Marin. He's, <laughs> he's drawing a crowd. I can't wait. That's going to yeah. be awesome. Let me know when you're in town. All right. That sounds good. What's your parting message you'd like to give our listeners? Because you've been, you've been awesome on this show. Sure. Well, first of all, Arden, thank you to you and your producer, Mark, for having me on the show. And to all the folks who are listening, thank you so much for giving me a chance and lending me your ears. It really means a lot to be able to share with you 
both a combination of the two things that I love, music and nature, but also something that is now really becoming my life's mission to, to connect with nature on a deeper, creative, personal, and scientific level. So I just hope that, that you've enjoyed the music and are inspired to go and try your own ways of creatively engaging with nature, because even if music is not your primary way of, of engaging creatively with the world, I'm sure that you have your own style of expressing yourself. And the deeper that you dig into that creative wellspring of ideas that you may or may not realize you have, I think the rewards will be amazing. So I encourage you all to explore that. And again, thank you so much for, for listening. And before I sign off, Ben, give me about 10 seconds of Bebox riff that you want to say that pretty much sums up how much fun you had on today's show. Take it away. Oh, my gosh. Um, the boomerang at the end. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, don't worry, folks. I'm not going to try to replicate that, but you have had the best unique sign-off I've ever had on all the guests. On, we've got close to 300 shows, so oh my God, that's great. I also <laughs> want you. to uh, thank Ben Marin very much for being a guest on our show. Folks, go to benmarin.com. Check out kids.nationalgeographic.com. Find out Go look for his YouTube. Go check out his SoundCloud. I mean, really, the Wild Beats on National Geographic Kids, he is the sound master behind all of that. And we do wish you safe travels all over the globe as you really are being not only a wildlife DJ, but an ambassador to all sentient beings. And that's quite an important gig. And I know my producer, Mark Winter, he's not saying anything, but the Wizard of Paws is like digging the show because he has a really good ear. And you have made some sounds that he has not heard from any other guest in all of the shows on Pet Life Radio Network. So we are very delighted you could be on the show, and I do give a special shout-out to Mark Winter. So until next time, uh, listeners, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.